Welcome to the Hunter's Quest Podcast. This is your host, and yes, my name is Hunter, but this is our quest. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Hunter's Quest Podcast, where this is really about your quest and the quest to be the best human you can be and the best hunter you can be, you know, by staying fit in your mind, your body and your spirit. So um, really appreciate you guys listening to the show. And, you know, maybe I can help you a little bit along the way uh, on your quest. Maybe you can learn from some of my mistakes and some of the stuff I've been figuring out along the way. Um, I'm actually coming at you live from the Total Archery Challenge this week. Um, I'm sitting in my hotel room right now in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania. Been out uh, networking all day and uh, hopefully do some shooting tomorrow. Um, But I'm looking forward to releasing this episode. I got to sit down with Dr. Hillary and Ryan Lampers, who are just like an awesome power couple in the outdoor industry and also in the kind of um, healthy lifestyle space and you know, they're very knowledgeable, not only about hunting, but um, about tons of stuff about gardening, nutrition, uh, fitness. And so there's a ton of stuff you can learn from them. They have an awesome podcast called the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. And of course, uh, Ryan, Stealthy Hunter, um, you know, has some really cool content out on YouTube um, and on the Gritty Podcast with uh with um, Brian Call from Gritty. I think they just released a cool bear hunt series. And the Lampers actually have a lineup of nutrition products and supplements uh, that you can order and just a lot lot of good content on their website, stehealthynutrition.com. So it's S-T-H-E-A-L-T-H-Y nutrition.com. And uh, if you saw my YouTube gear dump, um, you saw that rifle cover that I have. Uh, that's a product that Ryan uh, is involved with and um, stealthy, stealthy rifle cover. It's a really cool product. It slips over your uh, scope and the action of your rifle and covers your muzzle um, and just makes it so you can pack that thing on there and, and protects your optics and, and keeps your uh, action clean and all that stuff. So check them out at uh, stealthynutrition.com. So uh, looking forward to releasing this episode. Um, and this one is pretty unique because um, I actually have Ryan, like I said, Ryan and Hillary on here. And we get into some stuff about, you know, male and female roles in the family and kind of expectations and, um, you know, this this pursuit that we love where a lot of times us as men, you know, get out in the backcountry and not just men, but we do talk about how, you know, just the roles are different between males and females and kind of the tension that can cause, you know, sometimes in a relationship. And I actually did the podcast with my wife as well. Um, she unfortunately didn't get to talk as much, but, um, but I would recommend, you know, listening to this with your wife or sharing this with your wife or your girlfriend, or if you are a lady out there, maybe sharing this with your husband or your boyfriend. Um, it's a, it's a cool episode that we talk about kind of the different gender roles and the family dynamic and how hunting plays into that. But that's not the only thing we talk about. We also talk about Ryan's trip to Arizona and, uh, 
his hunts out there and and just lots of good stuff so um I do want to mention uh, also, you know, I released my my first YouTube video uh, last week. It's a gear dump for all my um, gear for this upcoming Kodiak Island trip. Um, so if you get a chance, please go over and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, you can find that by searching my name, Hunter McWaters, M-C-W-A-T-E-R-S on YouTube, or there's a link in my Instagram bio. Um, check out that video and subscribe to the channel. Uh, I got more videos in the works, and uh, of course, we'll be having those hunt films coming out this this fall. Um, next, uh, you know, I always like to uh, recognize some of the folks that have left me reviews on Apple Podcasts. So um, I'm going to go ahead and do that now. Um, if you are listening, just go ahead. If you hear your name, go ahead and drop me a line in my DMs. Um, and I will get some swag out to you. So, uh, Gareth Hansen, Famous Amos, Rick FJ, Nick States, and last but not least, Tyre, T-Y-Y-Y-R-R-R, 24. If you're listening, go ahead and shoot me a DM and I will get you some decals in the mail. Thanks for leaving those. And um, if you want some swag, go ahead and leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. And also um, check out my uh, shop in the link in my Instagram bio. I got some cool leather patch hats uh, that just got done. Um, So go ahead and pick one of those up and you can pick up decals as well. So last thing I want to mention, as I said earlier, you know, this is the Hunter's Quest podcast and that means all hunters. And um, so I want to hear stories about your quest, your journey, whether that was an epic hunt or uh, a spiritual journey or, um, you know, a physical odyssey or, you know, some combination. I want to hear stories about your quest and then I want to feature those stories on the podcast. Um maybe on social as well, but, um, go ahead and send me an email to hunter at this is hunters quest.com, uh, with a little write up and maybe some pictures, or you can DM me on social media, on Instagram or Facebook. Um, tell me about your quest and I want to feature some of those stories here. So, all right, let's just jump into this episode and I uh, hope you enjoy. So how I found you guys was, so I, I heard Ryan on the Hunt Back Country podcast um, and I was just like, whoa, this is awesome. Like there's, you know, there's these, all these public lands out there. Like if you're willing to work hard, you can really find these wild places. And then, you know, it came to Hunt Harvest Health and, and then it was like, wow, there's like people who are like talking about fitness and like gut health in the same time as hunting like what (laughs) sure and it's been like a rebirth it's almost like i started hunting again like it's um you know it's a whole new world and just stuff that opened up and then through your you know y'all's help and inspiration and other guys uh that i found in this world you know um just opened up a whole new world and uh really showed me discipline is freedom and i'm able to do stuff now that i never thought i'd be able to do and right so i just want to thank you guys for what you're doing and uh thanks for your time Oh, absolutely. Wow, I don't know if we've ever had that kind of introduction before. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's really cool because you hear it uh, quite a bit now is that people 
who maybe haven't found this community and they've done this, they've had this other lifestyle for the longest time. Once they find it, they're super pumped because there is a phenomenal community of guys that have used hunting to better themselves, whether it's through fitness or nutrition or just life in general. So, um, yeah, I've heard that story several times just in the last few years until and I started doing, you know, hunt, harvest health and whatever. Um, they had no idea there was this great community where you could learn and try to, you know, promote healthy living and food and growing a garden and how to, how to basically take hunting and revolve your life around it just to better yourself through physical fitness and all these, these different things. So now it's cool to see so many folks getting into it. Um, and, and just fall in love with this group of guys. This, this community is fantastic. Some of the best people on the planet I feel are doing what we love to do. And maybe they've done it their whole lives. Maybe they just come to it as an adult onset person, but, um, no, it, it is, it is a great, great place to be. And it'll, there's a, enough folks out there. Like you mentioned, you had a podcast with uh, Brian Barney, um, recently, that's one of the guys, like I look to that guy, if I want inspiration, you look for folks that live this lifestyle in a way that's positive. Um, everything revolves around it to make them better at life. Like Brian talks about a lot. He wants to be a better father, a better husband, a better hunter, a better, Mm -hmm. he's always better, 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 better. And, um, there's a lot of folks like that in this community. Absolutely. It's great. So, so you went, um, I don't know, she, I took her for the first time ever bow hunting this year, and I took my son. We got two kids uh, for the first. He was only six years old, so it was kind of just sitting the sitting in a ground yeah. blind and just hanging out for a couple hours. But, um, but I know you, this was your first year going with Ryan, right, Hillary? Yeah, I mean this was this was the first year going uh, with Ryan on like a real like big game hunt. I've been on. I've well, you know we bird hunted and we've done a lot of backpack. Uh, hiking and trips and camping um for sure over the last 26 years now we've been together um but this was the first time that i decided to be part of a big game hunt um and the driver in that was you know a lot of people are like how could you be married to ryan lampers and not want to like hunt like i'm just like well i've been with ryan lampers long before anybody knew who ryan lampers was and you know we have our own story of coming to an agreement with all of this, but it's kind of different when your kid takes interest in it. It's like, it's like suddenly you realize that there's another person that's not like they make their own decisions and they have their own desires in life. And she, um, obviously, I mean, her dad and her are super close and he's always taken her on these like big adventures. And so to her, it was just like a natural thing. Like, of course I'm going to go deer hunting mom. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, you know? Um, so for me, I wanted to, I feel like I've missed out on a lot of experiences, obviously in Ryan's life, partially too. Ryan's doing a lot of very difficult things. I mean, he always tells, I'm always like, I missed out. And he's like, believe me, you would not have wanted to be on this hunt. You would have been so unhappy. So, you know, but it was, it was cool to go and to just experience that with her and to see how she, um, what she would do. Yeah. Because the nice thing about Ryan is um, he doesn't really, he does have expectations. Like, I think as parents, we should always have expectations of our children, you know, healthy expectations. 
But he's pretty laid back in like letting her make a decision based on what she wanted to do. And that's, I mean, we kind of parent like that. Um, You know, I went to college for how many years? I have a lot of higher education. Like I, you know, um, I don't really care if my kids go to college. Like, you know, I don't have any, I don't have expectations of them. Like I would have of myself maybe. Because I know that, you know, they're going to have desires or whatever. And if they went to college and did that and they wanted to, that, that'd be a great bonus. But yeah. for him, I think it's kind of the same thing. Like, if she goes hunting and she doesn't want to kill an animal, like, he's okay with that. His He would be much happier if she experienced it and did it. But it not like happier in just a way of experiencing that. But if she didn't want to do it, like, that's fine. Right. But she takes a lot after him. She's very calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, I could tell him that. On hunt. Her hunt, she just made it look easy. It was not easy, yeah. believe me. Um, it was torturous there for the last couple of hours, you know. Um, and she she did a great job. So it was fun to be there and to experience that and um, to see it through her eyes. Yeah. And it actually it actually did change my mind quite a bit about some things that I think that I hadn't experienced. And um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Good. And, you know, as <clears throat> as a father, I and I'll say this to anyone: I could not care less if my kids hunt at all or ever took a desire to. It doesn't really matter. Um, I feel really blessed that my first one did. Like she came to me asking me if we could do it, so I was like, "Perfect, absolutely." Um, you know, you kind of wait for that day. You hope for that day, but you don't expect it. And like you know, I've my wife multiple times i don't know if our second daughter is going to want to do it i can kind of see i think she's going to want to do it but she likes to go i don't camping. know That's her <laughs> maybe thing. not it doesn't but. really matter i'm not going to push her into it um just kind of like my dad didn't push me into it he did it all the time like he he had this outdoor sportsman type lifestyle fished hunted birds things like that i mean and he didn't take me he didn't take me very much um when i was little but man, that, that just wanted me to do it more. Like I wanted to do it because he'd come back with these cool stories and he'd come back with, you know, you know, fish and birds and things that I was interested in. Um, but his approach was he was still living his life and going and doing these things. But until I got to that age of 10, he wasn't going to take me. Yeah. And so I wanted even more when I was finally able to go do it. Now, Paley, on the other hand, she was, she's, she's come with me on some trips, um, more hiking trips than anything else. But really there was only one other trip that, um, I took her on. It was a bear trip. She, she wasn't able to hunt. I had a tag and she got to come with me and see what it was kind of about. And that was when she was eight years old. Mm. Um, and we had a great time, <laughs> eight years old. We covered 20 miles in two days. It was wow. a short trip. Um, and really cool. Killed a bear, pulled it out night hiked out of there is great and she was eight years old that's awesome and that didn't deter her but um yeah when she no got- she would just tell random strangers on the street my dad shot a bear and then he kicked it off this cliff and then or like <laughs> fell off a cliff and he had to go down on a rope to get it and people are like what is she talking about a bear like what and she's so proud of that she she didn't actually i had to hide behind the tree and dad shot it and but she just remembers that and that was like I realized that was a real turning point in our relationship because up to that point, um, kids hadn't been hunting. Like there'd been no hunting. We'd been camping. We did a lot of hiking. We did a lot of gardening. We did all that kind of stuff together. 
no, no hunting. And when you're a non-hunter and you grow up, as I did, in a different mindset about hunting, um, and then all of a sudden your kid, like, if it's your husband, you're kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, you're your own person. You want to do that, fine. You don't really have to engage yourself much in it. You can you can disassociate from it and mm-hmm. whatever. You don't want to do it. But Paley did that, and for him and I, it was a bit of a, there was a bit of a fight that went on, and it was because he didn't tell me he was actually taking her bear hunting. He told me they were going on a hike, <laughs> but he had a bear tag. This is how Ryan, like, kind of plays things. Well, we went hiking, but I had a bear tag. And I'm like, so basically you're taking your bear hunting. Well, no, but maybe. So I was like upset because I found out about it on Instagram. So I woke up. They got home late. Like, I don't know, one in the morning. I was asleep. I had no idea a bear had been killed. They were bear hunting. They were hiking. I get on Instagram in the morning. I'm drinking my coffee. I see this post about a bear hunt from him and I'm like what so he gets up now he's tired he's got to go to work I think we I think we rolled in that night I don't know what time it was two in the morning or something two in the morning or something like that and so she was upstairs sleeping and he got up and I was like you know you kind of want to be the first person to know like you don't want to find out about this which for you is a really emotional experience that you're not you haven't quite prepared yourself yet I don't think you're ever prepared until it happens but here it's on Instagram yeah and now you've got to be like oh I'm so happy about this like (laughs) now that it's on Instagram you can't be like what in the hell on his Instagram page you know I could have put like (laughs) are you kidding me? What are you talking about? No. So you can't do that. So I just told him and, and I got kind of mad because I was, part of me was like, you didn't tell me you took her on this hunt. Like what was her reaction? I mean, you could have traumatized this child. You're traumatizing her and you're not even telling me, you know, that's not what happened. And, and then, and then I found about it on social media. So I was just, it was like a real emotional, like everything all at once for me. And then I think she heard us like, arguing in the kitchen and but she got up she probably only slept for like four hours five hours she came in the kitchen and she was like mom guess what happened last night and I was trying to like not be crying and upset and like not be angry with her it wasn't her fault like I wasn't and she was just telling me the story and she was so excited and then she kind of realized like what's wrong are you guys (laughs) fighting and he was a little mad because he he saw how exciting it was for her. And I hadn't seen that yet. So I had just jumped into my like emotional right. like banter about how I was not part of this decision. Which if we look back on it, we probably would have done it a little bit differently, right? Like everybody learns this way. But um, she was so excited about this. She was telling me the story. And it was like right then I realized like she's okay with this. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need to be, like, coddling her and making sure she's emotionally okay. And was it a traumatic experience? And well, let what me did give you it. feel about it? She was so excited about the whole story and the bear and this story about how the bear rolled down the mountain. And, like, she, she did everything. And the picture of her and him, if you've seen it on social media, I mean, she's, like, beaming. She's got this ginormous smile on her face. Yeah. So I kind of realized okay, well, she's okay with this. And 
she's going to do this with her dad. And it was a turning point for us in that she's old enough now. And um, if she didn't want to do this with him, she wouldn't have been waking up. If this had been a traumatic experience for her, she wouldn't have been waking up so happy. You know, she might have been more upset about it. And that was not the case. So for us, for me, I realized that she was going to be okay doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it made me relax some. Yeah, and just a little bit of, like, background to that story. Like, this was, like, um, this was in Washington State. Bear hunting opens August 1st in Washington State. And we were set out to just do a hike. Like, we we had the backpacks, we had the tent, we had a fishing pole. We had made this little um, checklist, like a treasure hunt thing that, all right, what are we going to get out of these next two days? And we wrote down all these little things that we were going to find. We wanted to see a mountain goat. We wanted to catch a fish. We wanted to s- find a feather. We wanted to do all these little things. And then on there, it's like, well, we do have a bear tag as well. <laughs> like, I have a bear tag. I'm not really expecting to hunt this early in the season. Usually it's a little later, but we do have one. So if we can get to this point, now it's it's nine miles, ten miles in. If, if we do happen to get there, hey, maybe we'll see a bear. Um I didn't really know. I didn't expect we would even get to that. But I know if we did, we'd probably see a bear and I might get one. Yeah. Um, but she was such a trooper. She just stomped up the mountain and she got there that night. And then we had this weather roll in and it was raining. We weren't even able to get out of our tent till 10 the next morning or something like that. And yeah, the weather broke. We saw our mountain goats. We were going to hike down to this little lake and catch a fish, but... We ended up going out, seeing a bear, picking a bunch of berries, and it just turned into a bear hunt. It wasn't really, like, set out to be a bear hunt, but it turned into a bear hunt, so it was kind of cool. Like, having those adventures with your kids, that's so awesome. Like, she'll never forget that. I remember, like, this year I was cleaning a deer, uh, and my son was there. I wanted him to kind of be a part of it, and, like, she was there. She was a little worried, like, like that's pretty bloody and like I cut off his head you know and it didn't bother him one bit he was just like loving it and thought it was really cool yeah (laughs) I think I think that we have I mean I grew up in a non-hunting family but I grew up in Montana I was really fortunate where I grew up I grew up in Colorado Wyoming and Montana so you can only imagine the outdoor like amazing place even back when I grew up, it was amazing. It was a lot, a lot less people. And, you know, we went to Yellowstone multiple times a year. We camped all the time. You know, my parents didn't hunt, but my grandpa took us fishing on the high mountain lakes of Colorado. Like, I actually, as a child, enjoyed trout fishing. Like, I enjoyed putting a worm on a hook. Like, I never had this yeah, squeamishness. squeamish. Um, I just wasn't, I just didn't have parents who hunted. And then... So my exposure, like I, I talk a lot about Paley's experience with her deer is like, I never really got the choice. Like I, nobody gave me the choice of like, would you like to go hunting and get a deer? It was just like, that's what we don't do. And, you know, and I, I think that in this society and we see it so much now, it's like, we treat children like the, they're these little emotional like you know like they can't handle that right sit down and watch any show on tv and the violence and the the swearing and the sex and all the things that kids are now exposed to on youtube and all this like and and then you want to tell a parent like that's just barbaric that you're teaching your aunts your children about 
life. And yeah, it's like it's natural. What our kids are learning without having the experience of the outdoors and of nature. And granted, I didn't hunt as a kid, but I grew up in an area where like we were never watching TV. We were always outside. We were always doing things in nature. Um, like today, it's so much more important to teach your children about one, the cycle of life about being outside, mm-hmm. about having respect for nature, about having respect for animals. Um, these are like things that are going to be lost someday. And saying that a six-year-old can't handle blood and guts and these kinds of things, actually, if you teach them about what this means, they become much more attuned to how life really works. You yeah, know, absolutely. like What we live in now is not how our ancestors lived for literally most of our existence as human beings on this planet. So this is such a new thing that we can't expose our children to like violent things that social media or the media believes is correct, yet they're influenced by all this other stuff that when you watch it, you're just like, what? Like, why is this acceptable? And this isn't. Yeah, totally. And some kids are just more squeamish and some kids, but I think young kids, when you teach them about that, you, I mean, most young kids love to go fishing. Like they get so, I mean, they may not like our younger daughter's kind of squeamish and shy. Like she may not want to put the worm on the hook, but like when you catch a fish, like, oh my God, you want to catch another fish. You know, you get so excited. It's like a, it's like a a thing that I think just children have naturally is to adventure and learn about these things. Yeah, for sure. And nature is the first best place I think to do that. And for folks listening, um, you can watch actually the Lampers daughter's uh, first oh. deer harvest. Uh, there's a series of awesome YouTube videos um, that Brian Call with Gritty put out with the Lampers. Um, if you search Gritty and Ryan Lampers, you'll probably find it or Paley. Um, and it, they actually got on video Paley's first mule deer buck, and it's a really cool video. There's an awesome like emotional moment, and it's cool family. It's a cool like family um, thing. And that's one thing I love about you guys. Just going back through your podcasts and stuff is like. You have a really family. That's why I kind of wanted my wife to join. You have a really cool family feel to your podcast and stuff, and um, and you're so real. Like, you know, you're not trying to like act like everything's perfect. Like, I remember I heard one where you're like, um, you're talking about how your daughters at one point like slept in bed with you, and like our daughter sleeps in bed with us. Like, we don't care, you know. And like, um, and like there was yeah. another one where Ryan dropped that he was going on like a 10 day hunt, like that you didn't know about, like on the podcast oh, yeah. while you're recording. <laughs> it just reminded me like so much of us, like me and my wife. And, and you guys talk a lot about that balance of like, you know, Ryan has his thing. He does these adventures and like, I, I do these adventures and like, it's something that's so important to me, like, and makes me a better man. And like, I need it. But like the mothers have this so much more complicated relationship with with that because of the kids. And and I know we've struggled with that before. Like she feels like, you know, she's tied to these kids and it's just it's tough. Like, can you guys speak to that? How maybe how you worked through that a little bit or are you still working through that? (laughs) How'd you work through it, babe? How did I work through it? He just went hiking. He just went hunting. (laughs) Um, There's a difference when your children are young. So you guys have. A six-year-old and a... Six-year-old and like a one-and-a-half, almost two-year-old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're still in the... You are still in the depths of like... You still don't have a life, Mom. I mean, it. you know, our child now is almost six and a 12-year-old. And like the difference in like our life um, 
outside of children is like remarkably different than when Paley was six and Tana was one um, or just born. I basically did nothing but work and be home with kids. Like I had no life. I was up all night breastfeeding, blah, 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 blah. Like it's just how it is. And even when dads are super interactive, you know, children just want their mothers. Like it's, uh, I would say probably for the first at least three years, it's really strong. And then daddy starts becoming a lot more interesting and then daddy can do stuff with them and they can go do things, you know, and it becomes like that. So, I mean, the dads obviously are vital in the child's life, but as far as the young babies and the young children, you know, moms are, there's just no replacing mom. And, um, and so that can be very difficult on the woman. And especially like for me, I'm pretty independent. I have lots of things that I love to do and things I wish I could do by myself. And, um, you just can't in the same capacity and it, you get mad and you get upset and you get felt left out. Um, and, and maybe you're jealous. I mean, I think the biggest thing is you're just jealous, like, you know, and he will come home and be like, I'm going on a 10 day hunt. Well, when I had little kids, it was like, okay, well, I still have to work. I still have to do everything. You're going to go on a 10-day hunt, be away from society, not be on the cell phone, not have to worry about anything. That's really hard for me because one, I'm jealous as hell. I want to go leave for 10 days and run off to the country and like have nobody demanding things from me 24-7. But then you just realize, you know, eventually it will get better. Uh, Men just have different roles when it comes to young children. And I... But now we have a 12-year-old, and she's, like, pretty independent. And, like, you start thinking about when she's going to be 13, 14, 16. You know, like, they don't depend on you the same way. And so you start realizing you do have more freedom. Yeah. And then you start realizing, like, all that time you spent worrying when they were babies about how you have no life anymore and your life sucks. It goes by so fast. Yeah. And then you see them and they're like a teenager and you're just like, oh my gosh. And they don't really want to have that much to do with you and you're not as cool as you used to be. So my mom always says to me, listen, someday you'll be wishing people wanted to sleep in your bed. Like just <laughs> exactly. enjoy it. Like quit trying to kick them out and yeah. have this perfect little family and everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't work like that. And someday you're going to be old. Your children are adults for most of their life. Just like we're adults for most yeah, of our life. Like, they're going to be gone and have their life for most of their life and for most of your life. So I don't know. We've kind of gotten and our children aren't little anymore. Like I yeah. really struggled because I was like before children, I was like doing a lot of my own thing. And I feel like I got the short end of the stick yeah. many, many days. But I realized that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. Well, we like we're a little bit different, too. Like We started children pretty late pretty late like we did a lot of living before we had kids um you know we've been together a long time uh you know my wife went to medical school which that sucked up some years but she also traveled and she did have yeah much more of a life i guess you call it life i think living with kids is still a life but um you know it just changed in those early years those first five six years or whatever with the littles um but prior to that, we both got to do some traveling and see a lot and do a lot of things. So, um, which, you know, I feel like it, it, it was perfect how it went. You know, we started a lot later in life than a lot of, a lot of couples do, but we did get to do some living and, you know, obviously kids changes everything, but, um, 
you know, now that our older one, she's 12, she's like Hill said, she's very independent, um, which is scary. He kind of like, man, how did they get here so fast? Thankfully, we still have our little five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And Ryan just still... likes babies. See, I don't like babies. I like yeah. the five-year-old up. Oh, uh, okay. He loves the babies. Can we just have another baby? And I'm just like, excuse me? <laughs> no. Because the babies are so yeah. cute and they're so wonderful and they love daddy. And then daddy just hands them to me. And then yep. I end up being sleep deprived and crazy and like this and that. So I like them potty trained and... A little older. And you know that not that i didn't love my babies i'm just saying it like for me <laughs> at my age had i had children at 20 probably a whole different story and there's women they just want to keep yeah. having babies because they just love babies we probably have six or seven if we just start He's like can 20s. we just have another baby but i am like we started I am like pretty late 47 years old i am like a grandma age right now I'm like i think i my grandparents were my age when i was born <laughs> yeah no but yeah there there's a difference in that and he he loves that he loves the little kids because they're so sweet. Well, they love you. Like, Ryan, how did you kind of deal with that tension of having young kids at home but still knowing, like, something in you needs to go out there on that 10-day hunt or whatever it is? Yeah. No, that's a good one. Um, yeah, it's it's not easy for sure. I mean, things did change. Y- you don't you don't have the freedoms. So you got you to gotta do some compromising on what you're doing. Um, I... And I'll admit this to anyone. I'm very fortunate because my wife is so dang independent. Like there is nothing she can't handle while I'm gone, um, which is makes it awfully nice for me, right? Um, things could be very different, but yeah, there is a struggle for sure because you know a lot of the times, like you know, not that I quit going on adventures when we had kids. Um, I still I still did a ton of adventures. He did miss a September. Because I was in vomiting in bed for a full month from morning sickness. Yeah. I couldn't even drive to to work <laughs> or handle onions being cut like two stories down in our house without yeah. vomiting. So he missed elk season one year. And you would have thought Look, he I'll was the one pregnant in vomiting. It hurt. it hurt a little. It was like living with a temperamental six-year-old. Slamming doors, pissed off. He's missing elk season. I was just like. Not, not angry at her and not angry at the situation. <laughs> I was angry that. There's just a whole September that's going right on by, oh, and I'm not going to be out there. That'd but, be tough. Um, no, it definitely changed. I did. I didn't do what I do now. You know, now oh. I got I got a lot more freedom to spend out there. But the thing is, as you get older and you have you know children, um, you know, as much as like I think I don't know if you know I've heard my wife say on other podcasts like you know it's it's different between guys and girls. But I don't know that it is. I think, you know, when I go off on a trip, still the, the one thing on your, bra- on your brain is your, your children, you know. And every year that goes by and every new trip that comes up, you have regrets that you go on. Like, dang, I'm going to be away from my beautiful little kids for 10 days. Um, and that kind of sucks. But um, The struggle we're going to come still, up with now. You still end up doing it. But, yeah. or I, I do, that's just kind of my world now. But, um, yeah, you get softer as you get older, for sure. I'll <laughs> admit it. Like, it's it's harder and harder to leave. I, I find myself back there on these big trips thinking, man, it'd just be nice to be home yeah. with kids. And we're so. going to come up against now our old uh, Paley's in basketball. And so, like, she's starting to do sports and activities and just, you know, 
So there's probably going to be a lot different decisions that are going to have to come up. You know, it's not like he has to stay here. Like she can go to basketball. You don't have to be here, but like he's going to want to be here. So and things I've made may sure. evolve and change as yeah. she gets older. Him having to make some sacrifices based on her not going to be around very much longer, and him wanting to be part of these experiences. So well, I, mean, I want to be a part of every every, every age changes big experience, you know? and yeah. and and I have and I will. Um, even if that means like I was just recently, for example, I was recently down in Arizona chasing deer, um, and. I had planned on being back. She's got a birthday in January. Um, I'd planned on being back for that. And we hadn't tagged out yet. It was a struggle. We were running into some some tough times down there in the desert. Um, and we could talk about that later. But yeah, I want to hear that story. I ended up, I ended up not um, tagging out. So I called my wife and we figured out how can I get back so because I wanted to be here for her birthday. And so we found a way. We had some miles. Um, we were supposed and, to go to Vegas last year, and, of course, COVID hit. So we had some miles, and we worked it out, we and worked we got it out. here. So I flew home, left my truck down there. Um, <clears throat> I've made some great friends down in AZ, and they let me park my truck in their at their uh, house and hopped on a flight and flew home and spent four days here with the kids and um, got to be here for the birthday, and I don't want to miss those. And then uh, hopped on a flight and headed back down to AZ. So nice. made it work. And, you know, uh, if there's ever like a basketball game or anything like that, I, I make sure I hop out of the hills and I get back and make sure I see it. Yeah. Because it is. It's limited. Like you're not going to be able to – you're not going to see these at a certain point. She's going to get to an age where I'm going to think back. And I don't want to have those regrets where – like I missed anything. Yeah. So And it's, um, it's definitely a balance too because – you know, it sucks being away from your kids for like 10 days. But at the same time, I feel like guys like you and me kind of like need this mm -hmm. in a way, like to like be the best we can be. Absolutely. Um, like I know I would be like totally depressed if you just like removed hunting out of my life. So like there's a balance because it's almost like it makes you a better dad, even though it takes you away sometimes. Yeah. So like, you know, do you think that hunting has made you like a better dad, even though it takes you away sometimes? 100%. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, we, for folks that don't know our story, like we lived in Washington State for most of our lives, or I did. You did, yeah. I held her hostage in Washington State <laughs> since we were married, you know, all those years ago. But, um, you know, we it's just been a few years that we recently moved out to Montana. And so we, we lived in a place where, you know, it's a little high energy, I guess, a lot of traffic. My job was different then than it is now. Um it just wasn't a great situation, but, um, I needed, definitely needed to get away from it or my wife would probably test. Like you just get angry. You get angry if you're sitting in traffic all day mm -hmm. and you don't have this place you can go to, to chill out. And, yeah. um, my wife's told me multiple times, like, and I feel the same way. Like I was born in an area where <laughs> I should have been born like a hundred years ago. <laughs> I'd have been so nice less less stress um just different um and yeah you got to have a release like that and so yeah i find my calm and i am a pretty calm person you sometimes would say sometimes to a too fault. calm <laughs> sloth like yeah. calm sometimes i hear <laughs> yeah but um and i get that because i get i do get to spend a lot of time in the mountains and you know i'm not always stressed out uh and that wasn't the case when i was living 
West Coast, traffic all day. I was driving 20 hours a day. Uh, you know, I was away from the family for, for nights yeah. just with my work. Um, our- but I would find my calm when I'd go to the mountains and do these trips. But if I didn't have that, I would be not a very fun person to live with. Like yeah, I mean, one, one of the reasons, too, we really got into gardening. So I used to be really big into gardening when we got married. Like, his dad was a big gardener, but he was a steelhead fisherman. So he was like, why would I be gardening? So he was always fishing or out, in the, you know, hiking or whatever. And I started gardening just because I was a nutrition major and I liked the food thing. And my parents gardened. But I noticed, like, when I went to med school after I got on med school and just the stress of life. And then his job was getting more demanding. That was another reason I think that we got so into gardening because for him, it was like even if he couldn't get out to the mountains, he could like come home, go in the backyard, dig in some dirt, build some things, plant some plants, pull some weeds. And it was very like therapeutically Mm -hmm. like coming down because you can't always be running off to the mountains and hiking. Like if he's got to work six days in a row and he's only got, you know, enough time to sleep each of those days. You know, he needs to have something to come down. So I noticed even in Washington, granted, it's way easier to garden in Washington, but like it was kind of an outlet that helped us to manage the stress of living in in a more high stress environment where and then on hunting and and being outdoors, that was really like his he's been he's always been very good at his needs. I think this is another thing. And maybe even as women in the question of like, is it harder for women Sometimes you just have to ask for help and you just have to say like, this is what I need right now for my sanity. Like, you know, even if just asking your husband for a day, like I need to go out with my girlfriends or I need to go to the spa or I need to go on a hike or I need to do this because like I can't like mentally deal with the stress that I'm under all the time while you're off getting your calm place and coming home all happy. <laughs> and then you wonder why I am such a B-I-D-Z-H to you. It's like, because I don't, I need that too. And so I think as women, we're just not very good at asking for like a break. Yeah. And we're fortunate. Like I'm fortunate. If I ask my husband, I'm going to go away for the weekend. He's like, see you later. Yeah. Like he, he's not like, you know, it's just, it's, it's good to have that. And I think that's really important to ask for that time. And Ryan, much more than I have, has always been really good at stating like, I need this. Like, if I don't get this, I am not going to be a nice person to be around. And, you know, he never had the um, tendency towards alcohol, towards drugs. He's he's never been obsessive about anything. Like, he wasn't, like, sitting on the couch every Sunday watching football, drinking beer. Like, but he's obsessive about nature. To the point sometimes where it used to be like, oh, geez, can we just, like, stay home and, like, not have to... You know, he's, it's gotten way better, but we also now live in a place. We just walk out our front door where we are in nature. We can go for a walk in our neighborhood and not see a single person. You know, quarantine for us was like nothing, nothing. Yeah. And had we been in Washington, it would have been a very different story. And so, you know, gardening here is a whole different experience. So to us, gardening is sort of stressful right now. Like, but we also have just a totally different lifestyle and, And so I think that you have to ask for that time. You need to take that time. You need to figure out what it is that makes you happy, whether, you know, like you want to play an instrument or you want to travel or you want to hunt or whatever you want to do. There's a few things that, like, I will never compromise on. You know, yes, we're married. Um, There's going to be compromises. But me getting out and, um, and getting exercise or spending time in the mountains, 
I was just never, I don't care how much I love my wife. I am going to do it no matter what. Right. And there was a struggle for the longest time, like, um, trying to get her to do it. Cause she's super focused. She was really into schooling and this education and this and that. And, and she's always been driven. Um, but she also gets stressed out, like max stressed out. So for the longest time, I was trying to get her to have a hobby. We had that conversation over and over and over. Like, you need something to de-stress. I got mine. I'm going to the mountains this weekend. Um, You need to figure something out, whether that's running, gardening, hiking, riding your bike, whatever it is, something that you can go de-stress. So there was the longest time we struggled with that. Um, She wouldn't take the time to go do and I knew what it, it, what it like did her. for me. Yeah, I knew what it did for me as well as you. And sometimes I think, um, you know, whether it's wives or husbands, they get so wrapped up in work, they don't take that time. And they don't. They get to a point where they don't see the advantage of having it. Um, and that's a little dangerous because now she does a lot more things like that. Well, my kids are also older. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing. They are older and yeah. um, they can go do stuff with us now and, you know, they can like stay home. My 12 year old can babysit if I need to go do something for half a day. It's, you know, it is easier. So it will, it will get easier unless you have another baby. Um, <laughs> keep that's having why little she's babies. not letting me have another baby. <laughs> yeah. She wants another baby. <laughs> right. I'm babysitter like, now. Maybe. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, I, so the thing about the work is, um, I, Ryan was raised in a household where these things were important. Um, his parents worked, they owned a business and their whole life was about work. Um, the family business, that's what Ryan worked in for most of his career. It was all about work. So Ryan's work ethic is like no other. I mean, he literally is not kidding when he says he was working 20 hour days for most of the on season. Um, and never complained. What kind of work um, to you, get a complaint out of Ryan? You got a in the fishing industry. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh. guiding. Yeah, no, he no. was. They so owned a. We owned a business back in Washington State that basically supplied. It was um, more terminal tackle, like bait supply or all types of fishing baits, from frozen herring to frozen mackerel to night crawlers to salmon row. So it supplied like the whole West Coast from California to Alaska, um, shipping product to lodges lodges in Alaska. And so, yeah, we supplied all these products to all these different people. And it's good, clean, honest work. Um, We did it forever. In fact, my family still has the business and it crushes and it's great, but it is... um, yeah. It's on all the time it's in Washington. <laughs> it's a 365 day a year job. Yeah. He would be gone. So actually right now, I think this is important something too, when people think about what they want to do for a living and how they can have the, the freedom. Um, because most of us have to work, you know, uh, there's so much like in the hunting industry, there's this idea that you're just going to like become famous. You're going to have a podcast. You're not going to have to work anymore. You're going to make it. That doesn't happen like that. I still go to work and see patients like, he still works, you know, now he can work in the hunting industry, which he loves. And I have a education, a job that can afford for him to quit his job and for him to get into this. But like you, you need to think like if you're a young guy and you love this lifestyle, like it's really important to think about what you want to do with your life so that you have the freedom 
to do these things that you need to do to, to be healthy. And Ryan was fortunate enough that he was in an industry and he grew up in a family that really cherished the outdoor, the hunting experience, the fishing. So even when he was working all the time, when he wasn't working, it was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to the mountains. I'm doing this. And his dad really, really instilled that in him and still does to this day. You know, his dad, he's a lot like his dad and that his dad is still just like fishes and does all this stuff. It's a, it's a huge piece of his pretty much semi-retired life now. And I think that you know, Ryan was really lucky to have those outlets and really young to be instilled in him. And, you know, in my case, I didn't really have those things the same way. And I just learned like hard work is you just work like that's the important thing. And then go to school and get an education because I didn't live in an educated family. Like nobody went to college, you know, I mean, my dad did later in life, but so I just learned to work and work yeah. hard and like go to medical school. I mean, I remember when I came home and told Ryan I was going to go to medical school. He was just looking at me like, what? And I was like, uh, why would you do that? And I was like, so someday I can have a good job. And he's just like, oh my God, that's like nine years away. Well, yeah, it's only nine years. He's just like, what? You know, he's a much more present dweller than I am. I'm kind of yeah. like, sure, in 10 years, we're going to be happy. So it was a big struggle for us. And I was willing to work hard and do all that and get to where I am. And now it's, you still feel sometimes like you're pushing rocks up a mountain, trying to get to where you think you're supposed to be. And what the podcasting did for me it added a lot more work to my plate, which started to drive me absolutely bonkers. Yeah. So I would complain to Ryan, like, now I really have no life because I'm podcasting and I people expect this and I'm creating content and I'm trying to get us whatever I was trying to get us. I don't know. But on the other hand, it started to, we, we became part of a community and we were really lucky and we started meeting people like you and we started hearing stories and we started making friends and it was like, it was okay. It like all of a sudden it was like you had people that were like-minded and wanted to be healthy and wanted to be in the outdoors and wanted to do these things. And I didn't really have any of that around me. You know, I was in higher education. It was a lot of, a lot of academics, cerebral people, you know, these things were not as important. And I was trying to find like my place and where do I stand? And Ryan's just so like you work and you go hunting. Yeah. Like, why does it have to be so complicated? Simple. You know, and <laughs> it's helped bring me down. I think it's helped bring me down, but I still struggle with not working all the time. Yeah. yeah. I could work all the time. I literally could work all the time. My list is always this long. I always have a million ideas. Yeah, you're yeah, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And he Thankfully, I'm here <laughs> to uh, you know, drag her into the hills even if yeah. it's just chasing porcupines on a day yeah well <laughs> but i actually enjoy it so i also try to explain to him that i actually enjoy being mentally productive and feeling like i accomplished something just like he enjoys hunting and feeling like he accomplished like that mountain or that animal or whatever you know like i actually get a lot out of it it's just that you have to learn balance because you can get really imbalanced it's just the same thing like men who are not paying attention to their families they're selfish and they're only doing what they want and they're having all this strife at home in a relationship and they're out hunting. If that's your situation, you need to rethink your hobby yeah. or you, what you think is so important because yeah, it's not going to go well for you. It's not going to go well. And it's never fun when you're in the back country and you know that your family's at home mad at you or something. That's the worst feeling ever. That doesn't work. No, definitely doesn't work. You want to get 
you want to get all your chores done before you go on a oh, hike. Yeah. No doubt about it. <laughs> or you're going to you're going to be dwelling on even if it's one little thing. You're going to be dwelling on that and it's going to drive you crazy and you're going to have a guilty conscience about it and it'll probably pull you out um and maybe for a, a good reason pull you out. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of all this stuff, she it. actually has to go pick up our son from school. Oh, you didn't even get a talk. <laughs> Come on, yeah. you need to say something. It's all right. Next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> okay. You guys. Okay. Bye. Thanks for being here, though. <laughs> Good job, say, mom. No Good job. <laughs> yeah, she's she's awesome. She lets me go. So she actually was conspiring with my buddy behind my back, and for Christmas. Uh, got me this trip to Kodiak. This is the best. Oh, wow. Yeah. So sweet. So she told me on Christmas morning, told me beforehand, like, oh, sorry, you can't go this year to Alaska. And I was like, okay. And on Christmas, she's like, you know, she had like a little thing wrapped up and yeah, got me a bush flight into the Alpine in August. So nice. That's a hard secret to keep. I just started diving into, I think it's your fourth podcast there about I think it's part one on Alaska. Oh yeah, so um, yeah, I did. We did a DIY caribou like walk-in hunt last year, and that's what mm-hmm. kind of launched me into this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yep. we're going back with yep. the same guy again. This time we're we're flying into nice. Kodiak onto the south side of the island, into a, onto a lake, and then we'll be back there for six days doing Sitka blacktail. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. So looking forward to that. But while we're on that topic, I'd love to hear kind of the story of your Arizona trip. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. It was a tough year in Arizona. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not like really well seasoned on that hunt down there. I've only been doing it. This is my third year. So I'm a little bit late to the game. Um, and saying that though, I feel like I've, I've spent the days down there to really learn it and dial it in. And, and, uh, I've learned a ton in these three years, um, just because I, I had the time to, to spend down there. So, um, one thing that you'll notice, like most of the trips, we always try to carve out 10 days. So in the last two years, you know, I think I've spent 20 days down there, which is a lot of time. And so, um, you know, <clears throat> two years ago, it was coos deer. It was all about coos deer. I wanted to go down and I, I love mule deer, chase, chase mule deer around the West for a lot of years, but coos deer is something new. It is a white tail, but... <laughs> I won't, I won't hold them again or hold that against <laughs> them. They're, they're kind of like a mountain, like a mountain whitetail. It's weird. That Southern end of Arizona, you know, you find coos deer in the mountains, you see mule deer down in the flats. It's kind of the opposite of what we see here in the West for the most part. And typically we're finding, you know, whitetails down in the ag fields and we're seeing mule deers up in the Alpine. Totally opposite down there. I can't explain it. I've talked to Jim Heffelfinger, it's just a mystery as to why that is down there. Those whitetails live on the mountains. Hmm. It almost feels like they've kicked the mule deer off the mountain and they're down settling in the flats. But, um, you know, three years ago when I went down there, I was real fortunate and I arrowed a great coos buck. And uh, I felt like I'd accomplished everything. <laughs> like it was it was impossible to, to do and I and I accomplished it. The following year I went down there and um i was going back for coos deer again but every once in a while my glass would find its way down into the desert flats and i would see some pretty decent mule deer down there and uh 
Long story short, ended up arrowing a really, really nice big mature mule deer buck that second year down there. And with my passion for mule deer, it was like, all right, forget about the coos deer. I, this third year, this season, I'm going to go down there. I'm just going to focus on those muleys. Well, this year was different. It was, um, they were in a, oh, I don't know what class, drought, class four, whatever they call it. It was a big drought season down there. Like generations, um, you know, I've, I talked to a couple of ranchers um, that were saying they haven't seen this in generations, this kind mm. of a, a dry season. So it was really different. Um, and that was kind of the theme that once we got down there, the grasses that typically you would see that would almost hide a coos deer were dirt, just dirt, no mm. grass. Um, you know, the tanks down there, which tanks are anything from a man-made to, you know, any little creek where they've kind of dug it out to try to hold water. A lot of the tanks down there are man-made. They're all bone dry. There's very little water, um, which made which made it difficult. A lot of folks would say, well, that's going to make it easy. Everything's going to concentrate to wherever there is water. Um, not really the case. What I found this season was, um, you know, they were they were just not moving very much. The rut didn't kick in as early as it typically does. Uh, that rut down there, usually that middle part of January, the mule deer are kind of winding down um, in southern AZ, and the coos deer are just kind of ramping up. Like they're just kicking off, and they're starting to rut um, more by the day. We got down there, um, Brian Call and I and, and Brad, we got down there middle of the month, and uh, and there was no rut that we could see whatsoever. Uh, the mm. deer were not moving around much. I think, it's just my opinion, I have no idea if this is true, but it felt like there wasn't a lot of feed, so the nutrition wasn't there. They kind of missed their monsoon season, so there was no rain to speak of, I think they say they got like a half an inch of rain is all during their monsoon season. And that's kind of the water that fills up those tanks. It's the kind of the water that grows those grasses that they're feeding on um, at this time of year. And it just wasn't there. So we're literally seeing areas where um, the past two seasons, it was two and a half feet of grass and it was just down to dirt. Mm. Um, so uh, that being said, the mule deer hunt was really tough. I struggled. Like I was finding areas where I'd seen muley bucks in the past, and and there was a lot of people this year, way more people, double the amount of people than what I saw last year, probably mm. at least, um, which made it difficult. And usually, you know, if you have the days and the desire, you can kind of find your way around people. You can kind of get away. It was really tough. Um, I don't ever remember a time where it was such a struggle to get away from either boots on the ground or side-by-sides and quads and trucks because it's different down there. You're not hunting wilderness area. You're not hiking in 10 miles. Right. Um, you're hunting these big desert flats and kind of the foothills to the mountains, um, hoping that those deer come out of those flats where you actually have a chance to put a little spot and stock on them. Um, so, yeah, it was a struggle. Number one, the drought was a big deal the the lack of rut and then the number of people all that being said it still had plenty of opportunities uh i was finding bucks i was finding kind of mid-range mid mid middle-aged bucks not really old without the rut we just weren't seeing those older age class bucks um like we had seen the past two seasons so um 
I kind of switched gears on that next trip down after I came back and spent those days with my daughter, Mm -hmm. went back down. Um, I kind of switched gears to coos deer, uh, just because there were so many folks just scanning those flats for muleys. Um, I found a quiet when I got up on the mountain and started chasing coos deer. There's just not many people go after them. Those little things are really tough to put a spot and stock on. They're really difficult to hunt. Um, got all the respect in the world for those things because they are probably one of the biggest challenges with a bow, no doubt. Um, mm. But, you know, you see a lot of them. So there's the numbers are good, which is it's a good thing with a bow, but they started rutting. We had, I got back down there, we had a big snowstorm come through. So this entire drought goes on. I come home, I go back down, and we get three inches of snow when I show up. So I'm sitting on a mountain, I got three inches of snow. I'm thinking, man, this is absolutely perfect. And so everything, it really was at that point, everything started rutting a lot harder. Uh, the coos bucks were getting all schizo crazy out there and, and going at it. The muleys were, were out rutting too. Um, but started focusing my efforts on those coos deer and found some really nice coos bucks. And you can find those, those older age class coos bucks. Um, it's just so difficult to get in tight to those buggers and get an arrow in them. Mm -hmm. They are so switched on. Like you can't even believe it. Um, they're moving a lot. Uh, the, Akatillo stuff, the cactus rocky type terrain that they're living in on the mountain isn't the best stocking conditions for the most part. It's kind of tough. There's areas down there where it's kind of more of like a yellow rolling grass um, that makes it a lot more conducive to stocking. But some of those older age class bucks, from what I've seen, maybe it's not the case, but from what I've seen, they spend their time kind of up on the hill a little bit more. Um, and kind of wanting to get an older age class. That's where the focus was. So, uh, long story short, I ended up finding some good bucks, uh, watched them, uh, for a while and found a route that they had been using multiple times during the day. And, um, I ended up, ended up being more of an ambush. I didn't, I didn't go all in. I got to within about a hundred, hundred yards. And, uh, and this buck was chasing this doe all over the place. Well, I had seen them use this little saddle. And I got in tight. There were some nice boulders there and ended up having uh, that doe pick that saddle just at the right time. Um, I was sitting on him for a couple hours before that doe decided to come my direction and went right past me. And then, uh, and then sure enough, that buck followed. And he was a great old, kind of older age class yeah. buck. and. I ended up getting um, a 20-yard shot on him, and I tell you what, um, very fortunate that I ended up getting that deer. You know, uh, you know, jumping the string is happens with mule deer. It happens with everything. It happens with whitetail. Um, but those little buggers, they are so quick. Like I literally had an 18 to 20-yard shot. Um, put it right behind the shoulder. Um, I aimed a little bit low little bit low side of center, uh, expecting the drop a little bit. Um, but <laughs> when my bow went off, even at that short distance, that deer turned and I ended up getting that deer right straight down no, the no middle. Way. It was a frontal, full frontal shot. And, uh, it went right down the center. Um, 
you know, between both shoulders and came out of his left side. That's how quick, even at that short range, that's how quick that thing Jeez. almost yeah, jumped the string, but ended up getting him and he didn't, he didn't and go far at all. That's, um, I've, I've always, I'm always looking for ways to extend, you know, extend the season. And it seems like there's like a, a fair amount of opportunity um, even with if you don't have a whole lot of points, you know, with the coos deer, is that, it's a little more approachable in, in that sense, yeah. right? Oh yeah, for sure. No, um, coos deer, it definitely opens up your season. Like I said, there's a hunt down in Arizona for you know into all through January, and um, and at that time, it's nice to get down there. You don't need any points. You can grab your tag at Walmart or whatever. Oh nice. Uh, if you're putting in for Arizona for other hunts, like say elk or anything like that, you've already purchased your hunting license. Um, gosh, I'm I'm terrible about remembering. I want to say that license runs maybe 162 or something like that for the hunting license itself. And then it's another 300 for the, um, a deer tag. Now that deer tag isn't just specific to either coos or mule deer. It goes either way. So oh, okay. you can go down there with that just general deer tag in January and, uh, yeah, go after mule deer, or go after coos bucks or whatever. And, um, That's good no, it's know. a great time. It's definitely no secret anymore. There's a lot of pressure down there. Uh, like I said, really tough to get away from people. But I know one thing that Arizona Fish and Game is not worried about with the numbers of people, and that's they're not really worried about the coos bucks getting um, decimated or anything like that. They are so difficult, and the percentage of take on those during archery season is so low that it's yeah. minimal. You, you could up the hunter's um significantly and they're not worried about um you know losing numbers to hunters they're just that difficult to take so uh i think that over-the-counter hunt is going to be there for a while i don't see any changes as far as putting limits on it but um, cool. mule deer might be a different story uh i see that as it's gotten real crowded down there yeah yeah well that's cool man um i do want to be respectful of y'all's time. There's so much stuff I'd love to talk to y'all about. Maybe one day we can do another one. Sure. Um, but um, one more question for you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I haven't killed a mule deer yet. I know you're the mule deer guy. And I'm not, you know, um, I think I'll have this next year, I'll have two points in Wyoming and two points in Montana. Um, obviously not looking for like units or anything like that but <laughs> just what would you say for someone who wants to jump in to to start mule deer that's you know has no experience hunting mule deer yeah boy um there's still fortunately there's still a lot of great opportunities uh and i wouldn't i wouldn't discount arizona as well because that is a state that you can just go down grab a tag in route and uh and go hunt mule deer in those flats um montana it's fantastic uh, definitely I wouldn't steer anybody away from Montana. Uh, is this a bow hunt? Is this a rifle hunt? Is this, I'll probably start with rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're on the right track building a few points here and there. Um, you know, if you can pull a Montana tag, we've just got great numbers of deer here. You know, like you say, you've seen the video with my daughter, we've got places where you can be a little bit selective and you can kind of pick and choose and try to go for an older age class deer. Um, it's a great starting place. 
I always knew like when I take my daughter, if she wants to go, I'm going to take her, whether I was living here or not, it would be taking her to Montana to try to uh, do the youth hunt and, and have some success because not only do you learn a lot because you have all these deer to pick and choose from or stock, you just get multiple stocks every day, which just helps you get better and better and better when you're starting. Um, it's just fun. It's just fun because of the terrain that, that we have yeah. here. Now, Wyoming is fantastic as well. I wouldn't steer anybody away from Wyoming or, you know, Idaho. Um, one thing I've noticed though, um, Hunter, and you might have picked up on this too, is a lot of these states are making it a little bit more difficult for non-residents to come in and just go hunt. Idaho has changed a lot of things this year. They made it significantly more difficult to get a tag as a non-resident, um, a lot of us were on the button December 1st trying to get that tag this year. Um, some of us got the tags we wanted. A lot of us didn't get the tags we wanted um, the way they've changed it in Idaho. Montana is has got some things in play right now that may do that as well. There's mm-hmm. a new bill um, that may take 60. And I think it's down to 39% of our existing non-res tags that will be allotted more for a non-resident. Uh, or more for uh, an outfitted, guided. Yeah, I saw that. So um, it is going to get more difficult going into these other states, but, you know, you've got a couple points in, in each of them. I would I would say go for it. Um, uh, Montana's great. Colorado, again, there, there's a state that it doesn't take a lot of points. Um, I, would, I would go hunt Colorado every year if I had the opportunity to. With yeah. zero or one point, um, some of those archery hunts, I'd, I'd go down there and just spend time learning new areas. Um, you know, I think that'd be a great, a great bet. But as a rifle guy, I want to just get into mule deer hunting, whatever state you can pull a tag for, honestly, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of options. Um, you know, you can also burn a lot of money, uh, pulling, you know, putting in and, and applying in multiple states, it does, it, it does become pretty costly. Yep. So. I'm finding that out, but, um, got to play the long game with this yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. Looking years out in advance. So, well, yeah, uh, like I said, I could probably talk to you guys all day, but, um, I know you guys are busy. Um, is there anything that you want to just mention real quick, like before we go or anything like that? No, man, I, I appreciate you having us on here, Hunter. Um, yeah, man. Um, and you know, guys, if you're listening, um, you know, the Lampers have tons of good info that I wanted to talk to him about, but didn't really have time for, but on nutrition and gardening and just the whole healthy, healthy lifestyle, check him out on Instagram at, you know, um, Ryan's at stealthy hunter, to healthy hunter. Um, I'll link you guys to this stuff. Um, if you don't know, and, um, Hillary and they're both on hunt harvest health. Um, they have a great podcast. So check that out. And, uh, yeah, guys, I really appreciate your time as it, it was good to meet y'all and, and, uh, talk to you a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. It's always fun yeah. to see new people in the industry and good luck. Stay diligent and stay consistent. And, um, you, some, you'll be shocked at where it'll lead you, you know, at least, at least you'll have a whole, a lot more, a lot of new cool friends in your life who yeah. are no, super positive and supportive. It's and, just a great um, community. But again, Hunter, yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, keep crushing the podcast. I think you've got, you're building up quite a stockpile now, so that's awesome. Yeah, man, I got some cool, some cool stuff. Um, so looking forward to the future and um, 
appreciate what y'all are doing and um and so yeah thanks again yep you're welcome anytime Thanks again for listening to the Hunter's Quest podcast and make sure you stay up to date on social media at the Hunter's Quest on Instagram and the Hunter's Quest podcast on Facebook and we'll have all kinds of photos and videos from my day to day as well as stuff from the awesome guests we're having on here. As always, I'm more than happy to connect with you guys if you have questions about hunting or spiritual stuff or gear, fitness. Whatever, just drop me a line in my DMs or you can email me at hunter at thisishuntersquest.com. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave me a rating and a review. That's really helpful. And don't forget to share with your friends. So stay tuned. Lots of cool stuff in the works. And I'm really excited to continue this quest together. Quest together.